0: Friends, welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. This morning, we are resuming our study in the book of Job. As we continue to wrestle with the question, why do the godly suffer? This morning, we're going to hear from Job's third friend, Zophar. And Zophar, he's just like the first two friends. He believes that for this terrible event to have come upon Job, these terrible things, he clearly must be living in sin. There there must be something going on. Zohar will reprove Job and basically accuse him of being a hypocrite and a liar. Uh, Then Zophar will go on to explain that if... Job would just repent. If he would just turn away from whatever that thing is, then God would restore him, and that blessings would come back upon him. So that's going to be chapter 11. We're also going to look at chapter 12, 13, and 14, uh, and those are Job's responses to his friends. And so let's... Uh, really, it's his response to all three. He's not just talking to a specific One of his friends. Now he's addressing all three. He's also talking to God. There's a lot that's being said. There's a lot of poetry here. And uh, we obviously won't have time to dig into every little nuance. But uh, I think you're going to be blessed this morning and strengthened this morning. And that's my prayer for all of you. That as we read God's word together, as you listen to God's word, as you're driving down the road or whatever it is that you're doing That this will encourage, strengthen you, strengthen your faith, and cause you to draw closer to him. So with that backdrop, let's have a look. Starting with Job chapter 11, King James Bible. Verse 1. Then answered Zophar the Naamathite, and said, Should not the multitude of words be answered? And should a man full of talk be justified? Should thy lies make men hold their peace, and when thou mockest, shall no man make thee ashamed? For thou hast said, My doctrine is pure, and I am clean in thy eyes. But oh, that God would speak and open his lips against thee, and that he would show thee the secret of wisdom. And they are doubled to that which is. Know therefore that God exacteth of these less than thy iniquities deserve. So please note right out of the gate. So far saying why are, why are you speaking back to us? I, you get the sense that they think that they're really wise about God in their own eyes, right? Like they've got to, they really understand God and Job doesn't know what he's talking about. And clearly he's messed up and, and God, because he's a just God, he doesn't even exact judgment in the measure that a person deserves because of grace and mercy. Like that's the point that so far as So, so whatever you've done, Job must be really, really bad because this has come upon you And that's probably not even as bad as what you deserve for whatever it is that you did. Is more or less the point that I feel like Zophar is making. And when we get to Job's rebuttal, he's going to point out the fact that, hey, uh, you guys are not any wiser than I am about the things of God. That's number one. But we're not to that point yet. So that's Zophar's kind of rebuke of Job. Continuing on, verse 7, Can thou, by searching, find out God? Canst thou find out the Almighty unto perfection? Is it as high as heaven? What can thou do? Deeper than hell, what canst thou do? The measure thereof is longer than the earth, and the broader and broader than the sea. If he cut off and shut up or gather together, Then who can hinder him? For he knoweth vain men, he seeth wickedness also. Will he not then consider it? For vain man would be wise, though man be born like a wild-ass colt. If thou prepare thy heart, and stretch out thy hand toward him. If iniquity be in thy hand, put it far away, and let not wickedness dwell in thy tabernacles. For then shalt thou lift up thy face without spot, yea, thou shalt be steadfast, and shalt not fear. Because thou shalt forget thy misery, and remember it as waters that pass away. And thy age shall be clearer than the noonday. Thou shalt shine forth, thou shalt be as the morning. And thou shalt be secure, because there is hope, yea, thou shalt dig about thee and thou shalt take thy rest in safety. Also thou shalt lie down, and none shall make thee afraid. Yea, many shall make suit of thee. But the eyes of the wicked shall fail, and they shall not escape, and their hope shall be as the giving up of the ghost. So please note, that's the end of Zophar's response. Now, if we just started reading, um with verse 14 through 20 we have no context at all okay meaning we have no idea what the story is about we just start reading with verse 14 where it says if if iniquity be in thy hand put it far away and let not the wickedness dwell in thy tabernacle for then shall thou lift up thy face without spot and yea thou shalt be steadfast and shall not fear he goes on to talk about if you'll just put away that sin whatever that is uh, there will be blessing and forgiveness and mercy. Those are all you know, general truths, right? But not in the context of the story that we're looking at. Because we know, because we read the beginning, that Job did nothing. And even God viewed him as a faithful and perfect servant. But his friends, just, they can't wrap their minds around the this. Disc- terrible thing could possibly come upon Job undeservingly so now we're going to get to some of Job's answers and Job's going to start by reproving his friends he's going to point out that hey the wicked actually often prosper (laughs) like I know that this is your idea of how things work but if you pay attention the wicked even the Proverbs tell us this right the wicked grow old in their wickedness And then Job's going to kind of speak to the wisdom, power, and sovereignty of God. And that's kind of Job's theme here. So we need to get started so I don't run out of time. Chapter 12, verse 1. And Job answered and said, No doubt, but ye are the people, and wisdom shall die with you. But I have understanding as well as you. I am not inferior to you. Yea, who knoweth not such things as these? He's saying, yeah, no, duh. Like, I know these things. (laughs) Like, all these things you're saying, I already know. I am as one mocked of his neighbor, who calleth upon God, and he answereth him, the just upright man is laughed to scorn. He that is ready to slip with his feet is a lamp despised, and the thought of him that is at ease. The tabernacles of robbers prosper, and they that provoke God are secure, into whose hand God bringeth abundantly. You see, Job saying, "Look, even robbers sometimes prosper; like thieves, sometimes prosper. Those who mock God sometimes do well. Like sometimes the wicked just get away with things in this world." So the argument that you're making that I that I have to be wicked and then and. and that the minute you do something wrong, swift judgment just follows it is is not consistent with what we observe in real life. Those are my words. <laughs> Those are my words, by the way. That's what I'm that's what I'm seeing when I look at Job's response. And what I've witnessed in real life. Continuing on. Verse seven, but ask now the beast, and they shall teach thee, and the fowls of the air, and they shall tell thee, or speak to the earth, and it shall touch thee. And the fishes of the sea shall declare unto thee, Who knoweth not all these things that the hand of the Lord hath wrought this? He's saying, you think I don't know that God created all these things and that he's in control of it all? Of course I know it all. I know this. This isn't that deep of wisdom. He's arguing with his friends here. Verse 10, In whose hand is the soul of every living thing? In the breath of all mankind. Doth not the ear try words and the mouth taste his meat? With the ancient is wisdom, and in the length of days is understanding. With him is wisdom and strength, he hath counsel and understanding. Behold, he breaketh down, and it cannot be built again. He shutteth up a man, and there can be no opening. Behold, he withholdeth the waters, and they dry up. Also, he sendeth them out, and they overturn the earth. With him is strength and wisdom. The deceived and the deceiver are his, he leadeth counselors away spoiled, and he maketh the judges fools, he looseth the bonds of kings, and he girdeth the loins with a girdle, he leadeth princes away spoiled, and overthroweth the mighty, he removeth away the speech of the trusty, and taketh away the understanding of the aged, he poureth contempt upon princes, and weakeneth the strength of the mighty. He discovereth deep things out of the darkness, and bringeth out the light to shadow of death. He increases nations, and he destroyeth them. He enlarges the nations, and he straightens them again. He taketh away the heart of the chief of the people of the earth, and causes them to wander in the wilderness where there is no way. They grope in the dark without light, and he maketh them to stagger like a drunken man. Chapter 13 Lo, my eyes hath seen all of this, my ear hath heard and understood it. What ye know, the same do I also. I am not inferior unto you. Surely I would speak to the Almighty, and I desire to reason with God. But ye are forgers of lies, ye are all physicians of no value. Oh, that ye would altogether hold your peace, and it should be your wisdom. Those are strong words coming from Job to his friends. He says, "You guys are like a doctor who has no purpose. like it's like you, you think you've got all this wisdom, but you, but you're not being helpful. In fact, I wish that you would altogether be quiet. That would be wisdom, he says. Verse six, hear now my reasoning. And hearken to the pleading of my lips. Okay, so Job's getting ready to make his case again. Will you speak wickedly for God and talk deceitfully for him? Will you accept this person? Will you contend for God? Is it good that he should search you out? Whereas one man mocketh another, do you also mock him? He will surely reprove you if you do secretly accept persons. Shall not his excellency make you afraid, and his dread fall upon you? Your remembrances are like unto ashes, your bodies to the bodies of clay. Hold your peace. Let me alone, that I may speak, and let come on me what will. Wherefore do I take my flesh and my teeth, and put my life in my hand? Jeb's saying, do you think I'm in control? Then listen to this. See he, he's acknowledging and then comes a very a verse that's somewhat famous, you've probably heard it. But he but first he, he's reminding his friends that God is in control and that God has made us all, and that we can't do anything, right? Look, he says your remembrances are like unto ashes and your bodies the bodies of clay. Hold your peace, let me alone that I may speak, and let come to me what will. Wherefore do I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in my own hands? Verse 15. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. But I will ma- maintain my own ways before him. Whew, man. in full disclosure and honesty sometimes my faith wavers or or lessons or i don't know how to describe it but sometimes sometimes my circumstances can if i'm not careful dictate how much i'm trusting god right like this thing's happening to me I don't understand it. There's no explanation for it. I've prayed about it. I've prayed about it, and I've prayed about it. I've fasted about it. There's no resolution, and then you start to feel like, oh, is God? Can I really trust God? Job is like, though he slay me. This is a man going through hell on earth. He's got boils upon his skin. All of his wealth and comfort has been taken away and his children are dead. His wife is telling him to blaspheme God and die. His three friends are calling him a liar and a hypocrite. and He's getting no answers from God on why this is happening to him, though he's asked for it multiple times. And he's still sitting here saying, even if God kills me, I'm going to trust in him. Is there, is, there, is there a faith like that in all the earth? Is there anyone alive on the earth today with that kind of faith? Continuing on, running out of time, verse 16 He also shall be my salvation, for a hypocrite shall not come before him. Hear diligently my speech and my declaration with your ears. Behold, now I have ordered my cause, I know that I shall be justified. Who is he that will plead with me? For now, if I hold my tongue, I shall give up the ghost. Only do not two things unto me. Then will I not hide myself from thee. Withdraw thy hand far from me. And let not thy dread make me afraid. Then call thou and I will answer. Or let me speak and answer thou me. Right now he's asking God, please let's have a conversation about what's happening to me. How many are my iniquities and sins? Make me to know my transgressions and my sin. Wherefore, hidest thou face, and holdest me for thy enemy? Will thou break a leaf driven to fro? Will thou pursue the dry stubble? For thou writest bitter things against me, and makest me to possess the iniquities of my youth. He said, I must be paying for things I did when I was really young and stupid. Thou puttest my feet also in thy stocks, and lookest narrowly unto my paths. Thou settest a print upon the heels of my feet. And he as a rotten thing comes, consumeth as a garment that is a moth eaten. Chapter 14, 20 more verses here, and then we'll be done. Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. Mm, isn't that true? Your life is short. It's but a vapor, the scriptures say. Job is saying, not only are your days few, but those few days that you have, they're full of trouble. (laughs) Like, here's reality. Ugh. The truth of the human condition. Verse 2. He cometh forth like a flower, and is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow, and continueth not. Dost thou open thy eyes upon such one? And bringest me unto judgment with thee, who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean, not one. Seeing his days are determined, the number of his months are with thee, thou hast appointed the bounds that he cannot pass. Turn from him that he may rest till he shall accomplish as a hireling his days." Job was pointing out that even our days are numbered by God and there is there's nothing that we can we can't we can't get around that for there is hope of a tree if he be cut down that it will sprout again and that the tender branches thereof will not cease though the root thereof wax old in the earth and the stock thereof die in the ground yet through the scent of water will it bud and bring forth boughs like a plant He's making an important point here. He's saying that even a tree, if you cut it down to the root, it'll 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 bring forth life again. Like it'll rebud. Like it has a potential. He's saying, but that's not the case with man, right? Verse ten: But man dieth and wasteth away. A yea, man giveth up the ghost, and where is he? As the waters fail from the sea, and the flood decayeth and dryeth up, so man lieth down and rises not. Till the heavens be no more, they shall not awake, nor be raised out of their sleep. Notice he says, until the heavens be no more. Which is true, right? Like, in the end, we'll be resurrected. We all know that. That the Bible teaches that. But until then, you're gone from this earth. Oh, that thou wouldest hide me in the grave, and thou wouldest keep me secret until thy wrath be past; that thou wouldest appoint me a set time and remember me. If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. Thou shalt call, and I will answer thee. Thou sh- wilt have a desire to the work of thy hands. For now thou numberest my steps. Dost thou not watch over my sin? My transgression is sealed up in a bag, and thou sowest it up mine iniquity. And surely the mountain falling cometh to naught, and the rock is removed out of its place. The waters wear the stones. Thou washest away the things which grow of the dust and of the earth, and thou destroyest the hope of man. Thou prevailest forever against him, and passest thou changes his countenance, and sendeth him away. His sons come to honor, and he knoweth it not. And they are brought low, and he perceiveth not of them, but his flesh upon him shall have pain, and his soul within him shall mourn. That, my friends, is the end of our study for this morning. I'm out of time, but I pray in the powerful name of Jesus that you've been blessed and strengthened, and that the truth of God's word is edifying you. Thanks for listening. Thank you for your prayers and thank you to those of you who support the podcast and help me make this possible. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.